This is Alex. I'm from Boston. Hello, this is Jackie, and I'm from Houston. Hey, this is Rahul from Stanford. And we are the Premier Chefs. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Premier Chelts. It's going to be an interesting episode today because we're doing a couple of reviews and a preview. But before we jump right into it, Rahul, good to see you. Not under the greatest circumstances, but we did get a win today, and we're going to play the leaders this weekend. Yes, we are. <laughs> I can see you're struggling to find some words today. I don't know if you're trying to figure out how Chelsea have been performing lately, and we'll dissect that. But why don't you... Give me your honest feelings at this moment in time before we get into the Brighton review. I mean, it's 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 what Chelsea do, right? We seem to have some momentum building up. We have some great performance against Milan. We get some good wi- wins against um, Palace and Wolves. And, uh, you know, we feel like we're building something and we're going in the right direction. I get it that we've been having a lot of games. We're playing every three or four days. I get that we have injuries. I get that Potter is new. I get that the players are adjusting. I get all of that. But what I saw on Saturday, and and you went to the bar, and I know in the last episode you were like, "Oh, I did a root canal, and the toothache uh, wasn't <laughs> as as painful as the the last minute equalizer." I don't know how you feel about this Brighton and the pain that they caused, but it's just. And yeah, you can put it as a one-off, but it just, I don't know, it's, it doesn't seem right. And of course, there's multiple uh, reasons you can point towards, but ultimately, we were played off the park. Yes, we could have scored a few ourselves, but we never actually score a few ourselves anyway. So um, I don't know, man. I'm I'm not so positive. And then you say we're playing the leaders this week and <laughs> our record against them in the recent times is is horrible. The only hope I have is they, in the last few seasons, have come to the bridge struggling and we've been kind of flying. This time around, it's the other way around. But I don't know. I don't, I don't have much hope for the next few weeks. <laughs> Look, we've got some listeners on the TPC family that have followed us for a long time. And for that, I thank all of you. But if you've been listening to us for a long time, it's very different to listen to us and then see Rahul's emotions today on camera. So if this goes on YouTube, maybe check it out over <laughs> there as well, because... I can visibly see that there's a change in your demeanor today. And you you talked about me going to the bar, right? Yes, I went to watch with the Houston Blues Supporters Club. And I think one thing that as listeners and anybody that's a Chelsea fan in the United States, we do this lovely thing where you have little supporters clubs in your local area, your local region, you can go watch with them. And I think it's important for me to share the story. I think it builds camaraderie and it builds a sense of belonging to Chelsea Football Club or whatever club you support if you're a different supporter. I think what makes it difficult is some of these things require you to actually go to a space. And obviously with the time difference, these games are sometimes early in the morning. And so we're waking up a little bit early. We're driving a little bit further to go out there and guys, the days we win, it is incredible. You're having a wonderful day with great people that are all supporting the same thing, but the day you lose (laughs) and the day you have horrible performances, you feel like, why did I wake up out of bed drag myself all the way over there and then have to watch what we witnessed with Brighton. We'll jump right into it in a minute. But ultimately, I think the point I'm trying to make is if you find some friends and you can find a supporters club, go and do it because that will be the saving grace. You can talk to some <laughs> friends and find a shoulder to cry on and, and see what happens after that. But 
to share your sentiment, 4-1 was the result at Brighton, which is absolutely shocking to me. Not necessarily because we lost. I think losing is okay. I've said that before, provided that there's some fight in the game, provided that there's some feedback showing that we we care. I felt like we were mediocre from from the punch and we just could never get out. And while we've given Graham Potter a lot of credit, you know, the spells, the things he's put on, the <laughs> magics here, nothing changed, Rahul. And we've seen him make changes, but nothing changed in that game. It just kind of, we rolled over and let them beat us. Yeah, I mean, look, it's it's fair when he makes a change early because he acknowledges that he got it wrong. You you got to you, you got to quantify that by saying we conceded the second from an own goal, and that's something that you can't really plan for. And and if it's one nil, he can make a few changes. At two nil, he's got to be mindful of the fact that if he goes a little too aggressive, this could get worse which it anyway did um but i I don't know i mean particularly in that game and without spending too much time on it because ultimately it 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 is what it is i think the starting 11 selection was a bit wrong uh playing pulisic and sterling as wingbacks yes it's it's worked in the past but we were going to brighton they were fired up it was potter coming back we've taken half their backroom staff we're talking about taking one of their best players in the summer before that so they were fired up without even any other motivation beyond those factors. So um, we knew it was going to be tough. I think when we spoke to Ben, he acknowledged that would be tough, but he expected us to come out on top. Uh, but it just everything that could go wrong did go wrong in that game. And I don't. It's on a different day. It's two one, and we lose, and or it's four two because we ended up scoring in our own net twice, which could have gone the other way. So look, it's that's the magic of the Premier League. My bigger concern here is we've gone now away to Leeds, fallen apart. We've gone away to Southampton, fallen apart. We've gone away to Brighton here, we've fallen apart. And World Cup, not World Cup, players thinking about going there, injury, whatever it is, you you've got to be a little tougher to, to beat, is what I'm trying to say. And and I think ultimately that's what Potter has got to get into this squad. It will take time, but time. Is something we can give him, but ultimately there's professionals here that just need to do their job on the pitch. And and that's what bothers me is we talk about giving managers time and everything. Well, in 18 months, he couldn't be here. And then we'll be talking about the same thing all over again. You make some valid points. And I think we've discussed this when Tuka was let go and Potter was brought in. Would that be a managerial bounce back? I think that's something we've always asked about. And again, I repeat, we make the jokes about he's put a spell on this team and they're playing really well. And, Ultimately, the spell wears off because it's not going to change overnight. And I think we need to be realistic as fans and say, it's the same players. There's not much different tactically. I could be wrong. Maybe I'm not seeing so many changes, but they do happen. And so while it's easy for me to sit here and blame Potter, which which I think he he actually raised his hand and said, I got some of the formation wrong. I got some of the tactics wrong. And to a certain degree, in my opinion, maybe he didn't respect Brighton enough with putting Pulisic and Sterling at wingbacks. And that's all in the past. There are 11 guys on that pitch that just don't seem to fire up every weekend. It's hit or miss. It's up and down. It's the Chelsea way. And so do you change these guys over time and kind of find a spine that works for you? I don't know, because we've got a really good spine in some of the guys that are coming through the youth academy and we love them. 
Do you just have to keep at it and change the mentality of the team? That's something that goes through it. So ultimately, I think disappointing. I think what I do want to say is while blaming Potter for some poor tactics and formation, I do like that he comes out and raises his hand and says, I got this wrong. I can't blame the players. And ultimately, I think whether or not he means it this way, for me as a fan, he's putting his mind on the line, his head on the line and saying, I'm taking blame at this point if I fix something and it still doesn't work, can the players now step up and take some blame or take some ownership maybe is the right word. So uh, any parting thoughts on the Brighton review? I know your your face is telling a whole different story today, but any parting thoughts before we talk about the Champions League? No, no, there's not much more to say. I mean, you got to give Brighton credit, I think. Uh, as Chelsea fans, we'll get, we'll get caught up in, in our own performance, but Brighton came into this game with the plan. They executed it perfectly well. I mean, it, on a different day, could have been more than four. Um, but they were hungry and they wanted to prove a point, which they did. So congratulations to them. And and we're, we're not salty or we're not, you know, wishing ill upon them. They are a good team and they showed us that. And hopefully uh, they'll show some of the other teams in and around us that because we're, we're slipping down the table. And Brighton are climbing the table, <laughs> so it's not too far apart. But Let's leave that at that. We're talking about today's game, which we had a chance to watch, which is the Champions League. Rahul, before this game even came, we were already qualified. We were moving on to the next round. So nothing that we were expecting. Maybe we were expecting a weaker lineup, maybe some players to be rested. But what did you make of Graham Potter's selection? It came out as pretty aggressive, I would say. Yeah, definitely did come out aggressive. It came out I mean, even in the press conference, he said this, I'm not going to use this as an opportunity to play youngsters or something along those lines, which is okay, fine. You you want to respect the opponent. You want to respect the competition. But ultimately, we have bigger fish to fry, as they say, coming <laughs> up on the weekend. And and I'm going to run through the lineup. And we know Kepa was injured, so Mendy comes back in. And we've been saying Mendy will have his opportunity. Um, so this was it. Espelicueta comes back in, which is natural. Chaloba continues to play, I think, in the absence of uh, Fofana, in the absence of Th- giving Thiago Silva some rest. That made sense. Kulabali came back in, which was nice. Ben Chowell, Jackie, was a, a, a surprise for me because you don't play him on the weekend. You rest him, basically, or you give him the time off. And I'm going to say I know that I don't know what's going on behind the scenes, and maybe he wasn't fit over the weekend, or he wasn't in a position to play in 90 minutes or whatever it was. But you then play him in this game, which meant absolutely nothing in the grand scheme of things because we were going to finish top of the table. We were going to qualify. But anyway, Bencho will plays. And we have a, a midfield three of Mount Jorginho and Dennis Zakaria, who great opportunity to play him. And I got to commend Potter that he gives him the opportunity here. Um, Kai Havertz, Raheem Sterling, and Aubameyang. And those two, Sterling and Aubameyang, are your first choice attacking players, first team players, which begs the question is, could a, could a, a Broya come in? Could a Ziyech have come in for this game? I mean, Ziyech hasn't played much at all. I know we've had issues with him with his attitude. But again, maybe give him the opportunity from the start and maybe he does something and suddenly you have a player motivated and in, in, in decent form or some kind of form contributing over the next couple of weeks. But anyway, that those are some of my areas where I would have done things differently. Of course, I don't get paid the big bucks to, <laughs> to make those decisions, but uh, I think especially on the left back one and towards the end of the game, I know we'll talk about it, that 
what happened, but I wouldn't have risked our only in-form left defender, left wing back. And I find it difficult to argue with your passion here, my friend. I think that everything you said is spot on. Broha, probably this is a good game for him to get that 90 minutes and get some physicality and play a Champions League night. I think for him being a young Chelsea player that has been there since I think seven or eight, whatever you want to call it, these are the nights he probably lives for. And these are the nights where he can make a change and make an opportunity and frankly run. I think you need somebody to just give the energy in these kind of games and show us what they can do because they are fighting for these spots. And so when you're coming in and you're the second striker, maybe third in this case, but you're behind Aubameyang and Kai Havertz, these were opportunities you would have wanted to play from the beginning and show what you can do. It doesn't happen. Raheem Sterling's an interesting one, Rahul, because he's not been in form. He's, he started off okay at the beginning of the season, but just hasn't found his feet. He's been played on the right. He's been played on the left. He's been played as a wing back, and it's just not – he's been playing at false nine when Tuchel was there. It doesn't seem to work, and so maybe he needs a mental break, not necessarily physical, but like you're in the limelight. You're the big signing of the summer, and yes, he wants to play every game, but to your point, we're qualified. Save him for the big guns, the gunners that are coming out this weekend, and let's see what can happen from there. But I find it interesting with Dennis Zechariah because I think he looked good in that game. So I'm jumping right into seeing what he brings to the team. And I'm wondering where he's been. Ultimately, we don't know what's going on. If he was not fit, if there are some issues, I have no idea. But we were struggling with Kovacic in between. We were trying to play mountain deep line playmaker. Glad to finally see he got some minutes because I think he can be a difference maker. We've been calling for a defensive or a physical kind midfielder. And he seems to fit the bill so far. So... Other than trying to squeeze the guys in, I know we have injuries, but I do agree with you. I'd love to see maybe Conor Gallagher also maybe start a game in the Champions League and show what he can bring to the team. But Rahul, for all we know, Potter's got different ideas. Maybe the guys that didn't start Conor Gallagher in this case, Pulisic might be coming up on the weekend. I mean, you would hope, but I I, I don't know. I, I look at the two and three, I guess, with Mount and those seem to be locked in as yeah. a front three with Sterling, Aubameyang, and, and Mason Mount in behind them on the left, right, whatever it is. Um, to his defense, I think playing Sterling, him getting a goal, hopefully rejuvenates him, gets him a little um, goal hungry and, and maybe get a streak going here, especially with Man City coming up in midweek next week. Uh, but time will tell if that was that was the right decision. Yeah, and with this lineup, Rahul, you think, you know, we're here to play. We want to put on a performance, but we concede an early goal quickly, seven minutes into the game. I think for me watching the match, it's difficult to understand because if we play that quote-unquote reserve team and we concede the early goal, I'm here for it. I understand we're going through the changes, but we play a very strong team. We concede a goal, and from there, the whole game gets a little uneasy. You start to wonder. It's like, okay, we want to win. We don't want to lose, but if we're going to lose... It's fine. Why did we play such a strong team to lose? And so from that standpoint, I think you start to feel a little bit upset about the game. You're like, whatever, it's just another game. Leave it alone. Raheem Sterling does put us back into game. Hopefully, hopefully this is what he needs, <laughs> like you said, because I think not only for Chelsea, Raul, we also forget that England's coming up. And so he's got his mind on what can he do for his country? What can he do to bring them into the forefront of the World Cup? And so hopefully that puts him on the right track. But I want to come back to Dennis Zachariah. First game, debut, scores a goal, helps from midfield. Could he have had a better debut? No, I think he showed us everything that we 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 knew he could do. Uh, and he adds a goal to it, which is great because 
we we do want someone to score from from midfield and not that that's his job but i think apart from that you look at him on one-on-ones you look at him going in for tackles intercepting reading the game and of course it's a debut but i saw saul make his debut last year and <laughs> and didn't look as sharp so you got to give him credit he's he's waited for his chance he's got his chance um i think what i read was if if he played today he would be locked into either playing for chelsea or juventus if for some reason mm. we end the loan in january so um he can be loaned to anybody else so i think he may end up working his way into potter's plans hopefully uh, but from what we saw i think he brings a different characteristic different dynamic to our midfield uh, and hopefully potter was impressed and and gives him the opportunities to do that yeah and i, I don't know if i want to read too much into this but i kind of like the way he celebrated as well it was muted but proud at the same time almost sending a little subliminal message and i don't know if it's for himself to his teammates to potter i have no idea it might just be he's just a, a calm player but it to me seemed like he was saying i have a part to play i can bring something to this team and ultimately if that's what he's trying to say i think i'm here for it because i think in chelsea we sometimes need a, a couple of tough characters to come up and say when the going gets tough i'm going to be here to help pull us through it and and i think it's it's an important thing to say because as we've discussed the team, as we've discussed how strong we put out a, a, an 11, on paper, we should be winning this game. We didn't start well. We didn't end up rolling over this team either, by the way. We beat them 2-1, and while it wasn't a, a steamroll performance, I th- didn't think we got out of the second or third gear either. And so sometimes it's good to see that we have these guys in there that says, we're here to win, guys. Like Let's win these games. Let's move forward. Let's make something of these nights, and then we can kind of go from there. So... Hopefully that's the silver lining for some of these things. And hopefully those are things we expect going forward because other than that, I don't think there's really much to talk about with the game until the very end where you want to talk about Ben Chilwell. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I didn't watch the game, but I obviously have seen it on, on social media that he comes off injured. He's holding his hamstring. I think it was, a, he was running towards a 50, 50, 90th minute. And okay. I can get over the fact that you start him. I can get over the fact that you let him play an hour or so, but I can't get over the fact that he ends up playing a full 90 minutes when Kukurea has been struggling and wouldn't have been the first choice to start unless you're playing a back three against Arsenal. It just, we saw what happened. I think maybe the fact that what happened last season when Reese was down, Chilwell goes down, our season fell apart from that point on. And maybe I'm getting flashes of that, and I'm I'm just getting a little scared. And the World Cup break comes at the right time, I guess. But then you think about Chilwell, who tore his ACL around this time last year, or maybe a little bit later in the year. Worked extremely hard. You and I watched him in in preseason in person. We even I think you even asked him how he was feeling. Um, so. It was a long road back for him. He's come back. He's been in and out. I think his minutes have been managed very well uh, by Tuchel first, then by Potter. So it just upsets me that it was seemed a little reckless to just let him let him continue playing. And now we have to live without him because a hamstring injury you don't get over in, in two or three days. It's at least two to three weeks. You've got to feel for him, especially if it's a severe one. And we don't know yet. There's going to be more information that comes out in the next day or so. But you, you took that story right off my head where 
that was the one question I interviewed about when he was walking by and I said, how are you feeling, Ben? How's the injury? How's the season going to be? And he said, yep, all good, mate. I'm feeling fresh, feeling ready. And so when he says that the season starts, we don't get to see him, but as he comes in, his minutes are managed. He he did look fresh. He did look ready. And so we're excited for him. And something like this happens, Roland, you wonder if this is going to affect his World Cup because you know he worked very hard, not just for Chelsea. Yeah. Of course, he wants to come back for Chelsea. That's where you get played and everything. But these guys are playing for their countries and you don't get to play once for every four years. It's it's a tough time. He's at a good age. He's young. He can really do something and put in a shift for England. But I don't want to get ahead of myself. Hopefully, it's a shorter one and he can get back and at least get into the England squad and, and help contribute over there. But very, very tough to see overall. But ultimately, we win the game 2-1. We go on our merry way. We win the group as well. And so... We're moving on. I don't think the round of 16 is until February, actually, right? That is right. And and I think you said we win the group. And for how negative we've been in this episode, <laughs> I think it is it is due credit for Potter, for the boys, that after the first two game weeks, we were bottom of the group, looking ahead at playing Milan twice and then trying to win those games, get something out of it. So I think you got to give them credit for ending up the way it did. Uh, getting the results, getting the wins in a position basically that coming into this game, like we said, didn't matter. The result didn't matter. So I think credit is due. Um, and in that case, Potter is doing things that, you know, uh, have gotten us in the right direction in the Champions League. So I'd like to be a little positive about that. Um, but let's talk about the next round, which you said is in February. The draw for that is on Monday. Um, mm-hmm. And our potential... Uh, opponents could be Club Bruges, Frankfurt, Leipzig, Dortmund, so three German teams, and then PSG, or a reunion with our good old friend Romelu Lukaku. Yeah, how, how do these loans work? Do you know if we do go for a reunion, does he get to play? Does he have to sit that out? I, I'm not sure what the stipulations are. You know, I I always thought a loan player doesn't play against a parent club, but a few years ago, almost 10 years ago at this point, Thibaut Courtois, who was on loan at Atletico, mm. did play against us. I don't know if anything's changed since then. Uh, maybe it has, or it comes down to the club allowing the player to play. In that case, I would I would not allow him to play and let him <laughs> let him enjoy the city that he loves so much. But no, who 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 would you want to face? I mean, PSG is a story in itself because they were top of the group basically until the last minute of play today, where. Benfica go win 6-1 and top the group on away goal score, Jackie. Everything else matched with PSG and they nick it on away goal score. And I mean, for PSG, like that's horrible luck because you're, <laughs> I and mean, I'm sure they, they don't, they don't care because they got yep. Messi, Mbappe and Neymar, but you may end up facing a Man City in the round of 16. And all of a sudden, if you're out, you're looking around and you're like, here we go another year without the, the big trophy. You, you know, they say that, and I think that's what we all love about the Champions League. It's one of the reasons there were so many riots about starting the Super League, because the Champions League does allow for this format that works. It does allow for this format that allows a club like Benfica to play their hearts out and, and play the hearts out they did, Raul. They could have easily just said, we can win this 2-0, 3-0, qualify and go on our merry way. But they said, let's keep going, let's keep going, let's keep going, because they want to be a little more calculative. They want to maybe rule out playing a bigger team, no disrespect to to Benfica, because they are a very big team on their own. But coming back to Chelsea, ultimately, and I think I've said this on many episodes, I don't really care who we play. 
And maybe maybe that's a foolish thing of me to say. Have you been watching us? (laughs) (laughs) I guess my point comes back to this, right? At some point, you're going to have to beat the best to be the best. I've always said this. And so if you tell me we're going to play PSG, great, let's play PSG. Let's put on a show. We've done this before. We can do it again. If you want to ask me what I want to see on paper and what would be fiery, I think the Inter Milan mix would be lovely. And I think it would be great if Lukaku could be on the side and maybe see us knock them out. And he'd be like, hmm, I wonder how this would have played if I had just kept my mouth shut and gone on a run with <laughs> Chelsea. But on paper, maybe Club Bruges might be an easy, an easier game. But we said that about this team today. It could have been easy to play them in, in Croatia. We couldn't do it. So I respect all the opponents. I think it doesn't really matter. Maybe the Inter Milan game will be a fun one to to get some fiery blood going around in the club. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. And and Club Bruges, Jackie, were top of their own group yeah. where they had Porto, Leverkusen, Atletico Madrid. Atletico Madrid don't even make it to Europa League, the story in itself. But Club Bruges were top of that group for every single match except the last one where, where Porto took over. So... Uh, I know you said it might be an easier game, but you you never know. So I, I think if I was to pick, I mean, I'd like to avoid Dortmund with <laughs> with you know the young stars. I'd like to. I think Timo Werner can can wait for his reunion. So maybe a Frankfurt <laughs> for me. Um, and and if we beat them, I can I can rub it in a little more with the Barcelona fans out there. But no, I think maybe a Frankfurt and and last season, if you remember, I think. We had um, Lille, and then we had Real Madrid. So, it, like you said, it doesn't matter. At some point, you got to play the big boys. And, and yes, going out in the round of sixteen isn't nice, but uh, as long as we can, we've made we've made it there. We'll take on whoever comes. Absolutely. Look, the ups and downs continue. We lost in the Premier League. We won in the Champions League. We're going back to the Premier League, and the leaders of the Premier League, the Gunners, are coming to Chelsea. How do you feel about this one, Rahul? I'm nervous, and and maybe a good chance to talk about Arsenal for a few minutes. Um, last few seasons, I mean, we've been doing this for two seasons. I think this is the third one, actually. And we've always said Arteta, Arsenal, I mean, they're giving him time. Where are they going? Here's a good example of if you give the manager time, you back him, giving the players, get rid of the players he doesn't want in terms of Obama Yang. And, and you're seeing the results. They're playing good football. They believe in each other. They're they're sitting top of the table. I think they're 10 points ahead of us at this point, mm-hmm. which is crazy to think because just two seasons ago, we we're champions of Europe and we're laughing at them and, and you know, bantering them. So they have, they've got a good system in place. I think you've got to give them credit for that. They backed their manager. You've got to give them credit for that. This is a massive game, Jackie, because if we go 13 points behind them this early in the season, I mean, that, that's a lot to make up. I know we're not gonna we're not t- challenging at the top of the table, but even for top four with the loss last week, I think this is a game that we we can't afford to lose. I I, I would settle for a draw because of how good Arsenal have been, but I don't know. I said at the top of the show they've come to us the last few seasons struggling. We're a little bit struggling right now, so I I would love to rub it in their face if we beat them and and get the result, but. I don't know. I, I'm going back into the negativity here. Let me let me speak my mind a little bit before you get us too negative over here for a minute. <laughs> but I think one of the things I'll say in doing this podcast with you and Alex and all the lovely guests that we've had is we've been challenged a lot about Arsenal saying they're not a good club. 
they've had these changes. Their banter club, and I know Alex loves to banter on Arsenal, and, and rightly <laughs> so. They're they're London rivals. We need to have that banter going. I think I've maintained consistently, not just with Arsenal, but with Arteta specifically. When you give a good manager time and give them the opportunity and give them investment, you may not see them win every single year, but you will see them get to a level of consistency. And so I think we're seeing that now where Arsenal and Arteta together have achieved some level of consistency. It's still early days. Manchester City is, you know, the favorites from a long time to win the Premier League. It doesn't mean that things couldn't change, but we're now seeing them reap the fruits of that patience and investment and backing the manager to the point where I don't want this player. I don't want this player. Yes. They're legends of the club. Move them on. Let me build something together. I guess what I'm trying to say ultimately is, will he win something with Arsenal? I don't know. There've been many great managers that, and I'll take Chelsea with Claudio Ranreni that took us to the almost level, brought us to a, a consistency. And then you needed somebody to put fuel on that fire. But He's at that point now, at least he's bringing them to some consistency. They're looking very good. And so credit must be given, not just to him, to the young players, to the board, to some of the fans, because honestly, some of the Arsenal fans were against him in the beginning, but they've stuck it out together and they're coming together. So, so far, so good. From a Chelsea perspective, I know you said you'll take a draw. I think we need to look for the win. And I think I'm not looking at it because I I need to beat Arsenal because I need to make fun of Arsenal. I'm looking at Man United. I'm looking at Newcastle. I'm looking at Tottenham. I'm saying Arsenal and Manchester City, Go ahead and fight for this league. Chelsea, we, we need to do some work to get there. But we can't fall too far out of that top four race, Rahul. I know that it's a transition season. I know that Boley has given Potter five years. But five years means nothing if you're not going to be challenging for the Champions League and the revenue that comes in with that. You're not going to be able to attract the talent that these guys are expecting if we're not in the Champions League. We've seen this before with Chelsea where we had to kind of sneak in there to get the likes of Aiden Hazard. And look how amazing that ended up being for us. So... I think there's a lot riding on it. Ultimately, I don't think it's the end all be all. But like I said, it's a roller coaster. We lose, we win, we lose. And so maybe we're due for a big win. Maybe it's time for us to do something against Arsenal. Maybe send a message that London is blue. Yeah, look, I'd love that. I mean, it's a 7 a.m. kickoff here, 6 a.m. for you. So anything to get us up and and excited would be great. Uh, I just... I don't know. I, I look back to the Brentford game. We were a little shaky. I look back to the Man United game. We were a little shaky and, and we almost snuffed that out. But maybe you're right. At some point, we're we're due the, the luck. We're due the, the decisions from the referee and we we get a result. Hopefully it's in this game because after that, like you were saying, we have Newcastle away before we go on that break for the World Cup. And uh, that Brighton result almost has put more pressure on these two games for us to stay in and around the top four. We currently sit sixth, uh, three points off of Newcastle uh, in fourth. So a a wrong result here, and all of a sudden you're seven points behind Newcastle, playing Newcastle. It's it's scary uh, how quickly we could could fall behind the top four. But coming back to positivity, um, who would you – I mean, I think Kepa still is out for this game, so Mendy would be be filling in, but – What's the system here? Three, four, five? <laughs> it's been a tough one to predict. I think Potts has been very fluid with his selections. I think he's been changing his formation from game to game, but even within game, Rahul. But I think watching Arsenal, we may need to pack the midfield a little bit more. And, and I don't think that means wingbacks necessarily. Maybe we play a 4-3-3, rely on some of the more physical players. I don't know if Zachariah can play back-to-back. Maybe bring in 
Kovacic and Loftus-Cheek. So why don't we run through it with the 4-3-3? Obviously, men and goal. Who do you stick in the back four then? I mean, in the back four, naturally, I think Espelicueta would play as the, as the right-sided uh, defender. I think Chalobah and Thiago Silva would, would continue, uh, although Kulabali, I know, went off. Mm-hmm. So he didn't get the full 90 minutes, but he's been in and out of it with injury. So I would go with, with Chalobah and, and Thiago, and then a bat uh, Well, I was going to say Chobo, but he's not around. So Kukurea, um in, in my back four. That I mean, that seems like the logical back four that we'd go with. Kukurea has been a little shaky since joining Chelsea, so hopefully with him playing in a left-back or traditional left-back position, Rahul, we can get to see the best of him. We know he has the talent. We know he has the pace, so hopefully that's the opportunity. And again, big teams, some of these guys like to show up and actually show us what they can do, so hopefully that's the case. If we're going for the midfield three, who who are the three you're going to squeeze in there? I mean, I think it's funny because... We've been very critical of Jorginho, but last week when we were we were under it against Brighton, I, I, I texted you and I said, I think we need Jorginho just to retain the ball and calm things down. So I would play Jorginho just to for those, those exact reasons. I think Kovacic comes back in. Uh, and then the third position in between Ruben and, and Zakaria, because uh, like you said, we've been impressed by what we've seen. Yes, it was a limited uh, appearance from, from Zakaria, but we need that physicality and we need that the little bit of a different attribute in, in that midfield. So I'd like to see him start again and hopefully he does. Yeah. And with Kovacic, I think we always miss somebody who can carry the ball forward and yeah. make something change. So hopefully he's fit as well. I know there's up and down about his injury and this has been the tough thing about this season with our midfielders, but Jorginho Kovacic pairing with maybe Ruben or with Zdenis Zakaria, I think that's a strong physical midfield and hopefully we can live up to that. But Front three has always been an interesting one. It's been going on for a couple of seasons now. Who are the front three you're going with for this game? I, I mean, I'd go Mason Mount. And and again, I'm surprised he played 90 minutes today, but that's a different topic. I would go Mason Mount. I think Raheem Sterling starts. And, and the one man that could change this game in our favor because he's got a personal personal mission against Arsenal and Arteta more, more specifically is Aubameyang. And and I think he said it a month or so ago. He was like, November 6th, we're coming in full force. So I, I really hope we do because a lot of talk has been would been made with that comment. It's going to be an interesting one, Rahul, because I've not seen Potter favor playing Obama Young maybe back-to-back. I don't know if it's a fitness thing, if it's a rotation thing, but... Obama Young's going to make sure he plays this game. (laughs) He's going to be on time. He's going to be early to every single training. He's going to make sure he's healthy and fit. He wants to start this game, huh? He's he's going to be ready. I mean, I'm sure the talk has already begun within his family, Uh, and and you've seen his family. It's pretty big. Um, No, I think that he's... Even if we don't get the win, I think that man is going to get a goal for us. At least one, maybe two. (laughs) Fingers crossed. And listen, we've got a a good history of Arsenal players coming to Chelsea to be successful. I think we've said that many times here. So hopefully that's the case. That's the starting 11. Are you brave enough, my friend, to give me a prediction today? I was going to be on the fence, but all this Aubameyang talk has got me a little little brave and motivated here. Um. So I'm going to go for a 2-1 to Chelsea. Uh, we haven't beaten them at the bridge since 2018. We were we were looking at the, the stats here in the Premier League. So it's long overdue. It's it's 
it's time, guys. I mean, come on, Chelsea. We're 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 European champions. We're we're the better team in London. So we got to show it to them here, and and hopefully it's Aubameyang who bags those goals because I I want to see that Adebayor kind of celebration. <laughs> you want him to run the whole length of the pitch and go. Yeah, I want him right? to go. You remember when Drogba was taunted by Benitez, and then he goes and like slides in front of him right <laughs> at the bench. I want Aubameyang to do that like three or four times, even if he doesn't score, just go. <laughs> <laughs> look, I I think that. When I look at the game, I look at the tactics, my mind wants to tell me this is going to be a draw. I think it's going to be such a tight game and they're going to try and cancel each other out that it would be a draw. But I need to go for the passion. I need to end this podcast with some positivity. (laughs) I want to win and I want that to be an Obama Young goal and be a one nil. Take this and let Arsenal go and then give them something to think about because London is blue. That's that's the perfect way to end it. I have nothing more to add. So that wraps it up, guys. Thank you very much for listening. Please continue to subscribe, like, and follow to that, the Premier Chels on all podcast providers, YouTube and Instagram and on, and Twitter. It's at Premier Chels. So drop us a follow uh, and continue to subscribe. And, and we will be back with a new episode, uh, hopefully on the back of a great win and, and some positivity here. But until then, stay safe and up to Chels. Hey, guys. The Premier Chels is sponsored by Kickoff Coffee. They are a top quality artisanal roasted coffee. In other words, they're Champions League winner and Premier League winner every single time. They deliver fresh bags directly to your home. So you don't have to go to a coffee shop and pick up something. And the best part about them is every bag gives back to soccer charities. 10% of the proceeds go to organizations that use soccer to promote youth social development in the underserved areas. Use our code TPCOFFEE15 to get 15% off your order. You can order at kickoffcoffeeco.com or check out the links on our social media. Thanks.